Welcome to the Echo Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. The Lord does not run away and hide when we go through things. He, he, uh, he, he doesn't step back. He never steps back. He just often shows himself in a different way when there's a different season. And, uh, and I love that, that even, and I'm learning more and more than even when we're up against it, he is the ever-present help in time of need. That there's another expression of the manifold wisdom and character and nature of him that he wants to reveal to us. Because on the mountaintop, we see a side to the Lord, but in the valley, when we're going through it, there's an invitation to see another side that we can't see on the top because it's a different perspective. So he's constantly inviting you, whatever season you're in, there's an invitation, a new season. We get hit with something that we're spinning so hard. Well, there is another invitation to see him rightly, to see him as he is. Oh, I love it. And, and, and Paul was, Paul laid down so much of what we believe. Jesus did a great example setting that up. Paul said, follow my example as I follow Christ. So Jesus came to reveal the Father. Came to acknowledge and announce that the old restricting legislation is now, has now been fulfilled in me. Woo! Didn't come to abolish it, the law, the 613 commandments. I came to fulfill it. Because yeah. Yeah. The, the blood of bulls and goats can't save a soul. Hebrews 9, New Living Translation. Make a note of that one. Read that before you go to sleep tonight. But Jesus came to reveal the Father and to not abolish the law, but to fulfill it in him. And then to create a new normal for the ones who say yes to him, who allow the Holy Spirit to draw them to the Father and reveal Jesus, to say yes to that. And then the, the believers took Jesus up on his words as though true and start to run and walk out that which they learnt and saw and heard. John says that. That which we've seen with our eyes and touched with our hands, that we proclaim to you, the message of life, so that your joy may be complete. One John something. And then Paul and Peter and the early church grabbed a hold of that message and started to live it out. And then as they were living it out, they're writing it out. Because Psalm 145, one generation will pass on your works to another. And they knew that it wasn't to stay with them, but it was to be passed on to the ones that would come. And they knew that their slight and momentary troubles were viewed in the light of eternity, not the temporal. And we know that this Paul presented so much of what Jesus presented and wrote it out new covenant realities so that we can walk in it we talk about 613 levitical laws 
Well, there's 1050 commands in the New Testament, broken down to about 800 because some cover some. So Paul's written out and the writers have written out instructions and guides and encouragement and invitations to live out like the early church fathers did so that we can live it out, experience the Lord personally, have an encounter, become an encounter so other people can have an encounter and we get to pass it on. But it's all in the middle of mess. It's all in the middle of crappy times. Moments, seasons, life, trials, obstacles, challenges. You want to hear a promise from Jesus? In this life, you will have many sorrows and trials. Amen, Jesus. Come on now. It's a promise of the Lord for you. But what does he say after that? But take heart, for I have overcome the world. So there's facts and things that will happen, but then there's truth that trumps facts, doesn't deny reality, but sits above it and in it and around it and underneath it during the facts and during the trial, the truth is evident and presence in it. And consequently, if we can learn not to react to the facts, but to respond to truth. I need a towel. (laughs) But life works. And when I say life works, that does not mean everything works out perfectly. But the anchor for our soul is present. We have an anchor for our soul. Hope. And the hope is in Jesus. I always wonder like we're praying for something and often we just put our hope and our faith in an outcome. But the outcome's not a person. Because we don't know how it's going to turn out. We can have faith and have declarations and we can be confident and fully convinced. But we cannot have our faith in an outcome because an outcome is not a person. It's not a thing. Our faith and our hope is in a person. Paul knew all this. He's presenting these wild realities. He goes, I knew a man who was caught up into the third heaven and encountered things and the weighty presence so much so that I can't even speak about it. He's presenting that we don't have a sinful nature anymore in Romans 5, 6, 7 and 8. We'll just read Romans 1 to 15, I think it is. 15 is the last one. And he's presenting these truths out of what Jesus presented. And they're bold truths. He's raising the dead. He's getting bitten by vipers and throwing them in the fire. Nothing touching him. Literally took up the word of the Lord that said, you can drink deadly poison. Like literally taking up his word, believing it, thrashing it out with his, with his humanity, walking it out in his humanity, his struggles. He killed people. He was a terrorist and a murderer. That's a bit of trauma to get over, I would have thought. Like he was, a, he was so zealous, like he said, part, like with the law, like ticked every box. Like this religious, zealous nature, like no one was better than me when it came to following the law. 
Like I ticked every box. I was the man. But then I met Jesus. Everything changed. So he's navigating what Jesus presented and modeled and handed to him and them while walking out his own humanity, while declaring and laying down doctrines and theologies so that we can walk in them and he's thrashing it out and penning them down. And again, I can't move on from the Lord... but he's more interested in what he does in you. And the kingdom is sometimes linear, meaning up, in, and out, presence, health, and influence, but it's not always linear. So influence can promote presence in you because you lead someone to the Lord and you're just like, thank you, Jesus, we need more of this. But then, and then health can you go, oh, I'm not, not feeling that good. I need you, Jesus. And we, we go back with up, in and out, presence, health and influence. But often it is. And Paul went on this journey to discover what the Lord was like for himself. Because we're absolutely wired and built and designed and created to live radically for Jesus. Not only in passion and belief, but in demonstrations of power. And what I said last week was, I think we can, our humanity can be an elephant in the room and a stumbling block for us. And we live in, yeah, but when I. Yeah, but when I overcome this or when I, when I see the manifestation of that promise in my life, then I can. So like, there's truth to stuff like that. There's, I'm going to do this to get healthy. I might not sing for a while. I might not preach for a while. I might not do that for a while. I might just pause and make great choices. Awesome. Check, check with those around you. Mate, that is a great choice. But then there's, there's times where it's like, you know what? I've got to, I've got to come to terms with the fact that everything that Paul laid down, everything that Jesus presented, everything that's been made known to us as the church to, to live in and the, the beliefs absolutely took into account our humanity. The Trinity thought it was a great idea to send the eternal Son of God as a baby. And I want to just read a little bit and then we'll keep going. Of course we will. I'll give you a commentary on what I'm thinking. <laughs> so this is Paul presenting all these incredible, big, bold kingdom beliefs that are possible for this side of eternity. And then he talks about this. This is just a bit of um, context for today and then we'll get into, I want to talk about Joshua. Is that okay? Come on now. Come on now. 2 Corinthians 4, 7-9, this is Paul. We are, like ca- we are like common clay jars that carry this glorious treasure within. So that this immeasurable power that we've been given freely, Matthew 10, will be seen as God's and not ours. 
Though we experience every kind of pressure, we're not crushed. Remember, I said last week, we've got to lean into that crush. That's just not a throwaway statement. He thrashed that out with the Lord to be able to put that in the Word of God. Because he's telling the truth. The Word of God is true. So for him to say we're not crushed, he meant it and he lived it. And there's an invitation for us to experience that so that we can one day say, but we're not crushed. I'm not crushed. And you can only do that when you go through it and respond well with Jesus. And we have a testimony. Though we experience every kind of pressure, we're not crushed. At times, we don't know what to do. Amen. But quitting is not an option. We are persecuted by others, but God has not forsaken us. Moves down to verse 15. We may be knocked down, but we're not out. Yes, all things work for your enrichment so that more of God's marvelous grace will be spread to more and more people. Influence. Resulting in an even greater increase of praise to God bringing him even more glory. Come on. Verse 16. So no wonder we don't give up. For even though our outer person gradually wears out, our inner being is being renewed every single day. We view our slight short-lived troubles in the light of eternity. We see our difficulties as the substance that produces for us an eternal weighty glory. Far beyond all comparison because we don't fix our attention on what is seen but what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. I'm going to read one more. This is Paul again, and then we'll get into Joshua. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to relieve me of this, but the Lord answered me. This is uh, 2, oh, it's right there, 2 um, Corinthians 12, 8 to 10. My grace is always more than enough for you, and my power finds its full expression through your weakness. My grace is you. And my power finds its full expression through your weakness. So I will celebrate my weakness, Paul is saying. Paul's saying, like, we don't have a sinful nature. We're dead to sin, alive to God. These are the beliefs that we can live in. These are the realities that we can live in. We can have hope, peace, joy, rest all the time. No matter what we're going through, it looks different, but it's possible. Like we can live with these realities, but then he's saying, I'm still going to celebrate my weakness. It's not a stumbling block. It's not a hindrance for me to walk out the promise of God. They factored in Jesus being born as a baby. He's always going to have scars in his hands. The resurrected Jesus showed up to the disciples I said last week, I would have polished him up and presented him as the Messiah, the King, the resurrected Christ, the one who, who, who died and was crucified and was raised again. No, he said, look at my hands. There's still scars in them. He didn't shy away from humanity. It was part of the deal. And God factors that in. So I will celebrate my weakness. But when I'm streak. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Come on now. And this one says, for when I am not going to even go back there, I am tempted to, but I'm not going to. So I'll celebrate my weakness for when I am weak, I sense more deeply the mighty power of Christ living in me. Other translations, for when I am weak, then, I, then you're strong. So I am not defeated by my weakness. For when I feel my weakness... 
and endure mistreatment, when I'm surrounded with troubles on every side and face persecution because of my love for Christ, I am yet made stronger for my weakness becomes a portal for God's power. Yeah, it's worth clapping. It's worth clapping. Come on. All right, we'll skip all that. We'll skip all that. Oh, let's change documents. That was a whole bunch of other stuff. And now we're going to get into this one. Really good. So Joshua. Paul experienced all of that. That tension. And so did Joshua. And so do you. Paul's a man. Joshua's a man. And you're a man or a woman. You're a human. Paul experienced it. James experienced it. He was called on the shore, and then Acts 12 says, James, the, the brother of John, Herod put to death by a sword. Do you think he knew that was going to happen when he said yes to Jesus? Immediately he followed Jesus on the shore when Jesus said, follow me and I'll make you. But he, he was put to death by the sword by Herod in Acts 12. <laughs> and his brother kept going. And, and Joshua was like, man, jo- there, was, there was something special about Joshua. <laughs> we see it first when they're, they're spying out the land. And they're like, are we going to be able to do this? Moses is leading the Israelites out. The plan of God was to lead people into the things that God has for them and the plan has not changed people leading people into the things that God has for them us people leading people into Jesus to have eternal life the goal is that we would lead people into the promised land the goal of Moses the heart of the Lord was hey I want you to lead my people. I'm disqualified. I'm a human. Yes, perfect. The choosing of the 12. Perfect. Perfect. Because power is perfected in weakness. And for that to happen, humility is required. Humility is required. I need you. I didn't make this up. If I'm going to do this, your presence has to go with me. Old Testament quote. The reality, reality of the New Testament is I don't have to pray that prayer. I've just got to believe what's happened and walk it out and live it out and spend time with the Lord. So Moses has the responsibility to lead them out and Joshua, his aide, young aide, was with him. So Joshua had a front row seat to everything that was happening. The double mountain experience, <laughs> the double commandments, <laughs> those moments, the, the, the instruction of the tent of meeting and the tabernacle, front row seats to it all, watching the instructions, watching the play it out, watching the appointment of the workers, watching them cut in the acacia wood and the poles and the bronze and the gold and setting it all up. He was there for it all. But then we fast forward, and I'm not going to go into details, but Moses died. And Joshua 1, 
1 to 9 says this. And we can relate to this. You ready? After the death of Moses, the Lord's servant, the Lord spoke to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant. He said, Moses, my servant, is dead. Therefore, the time has come for you to lead these people, the Israelites, across the Jordan River and into the land I am giving them. I promised you what I promised Moses. Wherever you set your you will be and I have given you. From the Negev wilderness, Negev wilderness, oh, I didn't, didn't go over this, did I? From the Negev wilderness, be gracious to me, please. Um, from the Negev wilderness in the south of the Lebanon mountains in the north, from the Euphrates River in the east to the Mediterranean Sea in the west, including all the land, no one will be able to stand against you as long as as you live for I will be with you as I was with Moses I will not fail you and I will not abandon you he says this though so it's not automatic the promise of God's not magic it's not automatic it has to be received believed embraced and applied he helps you in that he has to say, here's a promise, sort it out yourself. No, no, no. I'm with you on every step of the process. Yeah. First to believe it and give you grace, which is the ability that you didn't have before, which gives you faith for the promise. Whoop. I don't know where that's come from, but anyway, just getting, ex- <laughs> just getting excited. I just get shocked at stuff that comes out. It's great. <laughs> well, I can't wait to listen. Can't wait to listen back. Um, it's funny because I, I know what I'm like. I mean, far out. It's ridiculous. I know what I'm like, and this is a joke. What? No, I'm not a joke. Um, it's a joke that he uses people. You know what I mean? And this isn't the be-all and end-all. This is like 1% of my life speaking. It's like, anyway. But come on. Like, you know what you're like at your worst. Paul, at his worst, slaughtered thousands of believers. Far out. Unbelievable. Anyway, um, verse 6. Be strong and courageous. So that you, you've got a list of promises. And he's said he's not going to leave you, he's not going to fail you, he's with you. Not only do you have surrounding presence, but you've got inward presence. And he's saying be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous for you, because God knew he was human. Be strong and courageous. For you are the one who, you are the one. Let's sit on that for a little bit. Be strong and courageous, for you are the one. For your work, for your family, for your neighbours, for the, for the lady manifesting at Safeway and you're there. You are the one. The, the one that sees the ambulance go by and hears the siren. You, you are the one. Even though stuff's going on, left and right. Jesus lost his cousin, went away on the boat to hide and to process the pain. And then the next morning, he didn't want to heal everyone, but he had compassion on them and healed. Be strong and courageous. 
For you are the one who will lead these people to possess all the land I swore to their ancestors I would give them. Again, be strong and courageous. Could have said it once, but he says it again. Be strong and courageous. Be careful to obey. Obey is an okay word. Obedience is an okay word. It's not harsh or mean. Bless you. Beautiful girl. Be strong and, actually, be strong and very courageous, number two says. Be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave you. Do not deviate from them, turning either to the left or to the right. Then you will be successful in everything you do, kingdom successful. Study this book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night so you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you be prosperous and succeed in all you do. This is my command. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid and don't be discouraged for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Come on. Then we see the story of Rahab, the spy. Then we see the story of the Jordan River splitting. (laughs) Just splits the river. Thanks for coming. Walk through on dry ground. Then we see Jericho, the leading of Jericho, falling seven times, hearing the Lord. I mean, that's bold, hearing the Lord and saying, this is what we're doing. Seven times. We're going to do this. You've got to be confident to lead and see a vision and see something and make it happen. But hearing the Lord and following. Jericho falls. But then what happens? So he, he's, he's going all right, Joshua. He's, he's getting some wins on the board. He's like testimonies, sharing the testimonies. Moses dead, sad, process, cool, but I'm the man now. God's with me, promises. I've got to be strong courageous three times. That's a concern. You've said it three times, just quietly. Um, I'm not sure why you mentioned it three times. Do you know something that I don't? It's like, oh, Jesus like, yeah, you can have tri- many trials and troubles. Absolutely. But I've overcome the world. I have your heart. I am with you. I'm in you. I'm for you. And I'm available through it all. So Joshua, he's kicking goals, the kid. Um, but then, you know, they're conquering. I think killed, killed uh, they took over, is it I, A-I, I? And, and the king of I, dead, took over. And, and he's just doing great things. But then there's like five, I'm just going to abbreviate. I, I don't want to read it all out. There's five cats. They're actually kings. Five kings that are not happy with Joshua's progress in believing who he is and the conquering that's happening. Uh, five kings uh, set themselves up. They, they actually plotted together. I mean, one king, Joshua's still got to deal with that. And it's no, it's not fun because he's got responsibilities. He's got leaders and, and people that he's leading into the promised land. And personally him, like he's a human. But it's empowered by God and given the words of God. But then he hears about these five kings that are not just one, but five kings that have teamed Joshua and the people. So they're they're not happy with what's happening, with his alliances and with his moving forward. And these five kings have, have set themselves up together to destroy Joshua and his people. And that's concerning. And Joshua, it says that they became very afraid. 
I'm like, oh, wow, there's the be strong, courageous. <laughs> there's the be strong, courageous part. And he, he I took note, oh, okay. But these five kings, they, they, they're, they're on. They're plotting, they're planning, and it is on. And, and the Bible says that, that they became very afraid. And, and I'm, I just wonder, like, what are our five kings? Like, I, I've got 50, but let's just talk about, and I'm not even talking about, um, you know, principalities and powers, which are real, but the devil's been disarmed, defeated, and disempowered for us. Not for the world, so they're very susceptible for his schemes and methods, which is Greek for an orderly arranged system against their life, methods, methodia. And there's still an orderly arranged system against your life, absolutely. They're already up and about plotting and scheming against you every day. But the only power that they have, they're just hoping for agreement. So we you empower lies, you empower the liar. So it's a lies and truth deal. So I wonder what the five kings are though. I'm not talking about that because of our stature in Christ. But I wonder what the five kings are. They might, it might be lies. It might be disappointment. It might be distraction. It might be hurt. It might be insecurities. It might be fear. It might be shame. It might be addiction. What, what, what are the five kings? Because often, you know, when it, when it rains, it pours. <laughs> often when it rains, it pours. But just when we're believing for something, boom. Oh, cool. Didn't expect that to happen. What are you going to do? We react to the lies or we respond to truth. And Joshua had a choice to make. He had a choice to make. They were very afraid. And Joshua had a choice to make. The men of Gibeon quickly sent messages to Joshua at his camp. Don't abandon your servants now, they pleaded. Come at once, save us and help us. For the Amorite kings who live in the hill country have joined forces to attack us. So Joshua and his entire army, including his best warriors, left Gilgal and set out for Gibeon. Verse 8. Do not be afraid of them, the Lord said to Joshua, for I have given you victory over them. Not a single one of them will be able to stand up to you. Verse 9, Joshua traveled all night from Gilgal and took the Amorite armies by surprise. The Lord threw them into panic and the Israelites, the Israelites slaughtered great numbers of them at Gibeon. Then the Israelites chased the enemy along the road to Beth Horon, killing them all by the way. As the Amorites retreated down the road from Beth Horon, the Lord destroyed them with a terrible hailstorm. Great to have the Lord on your side. Come on, hailstorms. Not now, though. New covenant realities. Oh, I've got to talk about that one day, too. Anyway, um, Hailstorm from heaven that continued until they reached Azekiah. Azekiah. 
The hail killed more of the enemy than the Israelites killed by the sword. That's great. God, awesome. Verse 12. On the day the Lord gave the Israelites victory over the Amorites, Joshua prayed to the Lord in front of all the people. He said, let the sun stand still over Gibeon and the moon over the valley. Verse 13. No ifs, buts or maybes. So the sun stood still and the moon stayed in place until the nation of Israel had defeated its enemies. Is this event not recorded in the book of Jashar? The sun stayed in the middle of the sky and did not set on did not set as on a normal day. Wow. There's never been a day like it before and since when the Lord answered such a prayer, surely the Lord fought for Israel that day. Then Joshua and the Israel army returned at Gilgal. Okay, so good. Mitchy, can you jump up? Actually, band, can you jump up? It'd be so good, band. Let's thank the band for this morning. Come on. So good. We are human who have the presence of the Lord in us. We are now one with Christ, the mystical union, oneness with Christ. Paul said, It's been hidden for the ages. The prophets didn't know about it. They perceived the one that would come, but they they didn't grasp it, they didn't fully understand it. He said, this mystery has been hidden. This mystery, is this on? Great. This mystery has been hidden for ages and it is Christ in you, the hope of glory. So this Joshua, five kings, declared and prayed that the sun would stand still. I don't know what your kings are. But there's a God who wants to respond with you. And Joshua's response and that breakthrough that happened and the Lord's response to Joshua was not just because of the prayer that Joshua prayed that day. It was actually something that was already in motion in the heart of Joshua and in the heart of God, which attracted heaven. And it started well before that day. Often we want our victory to happen on a specific day, but there's actually nothing, there's no history. There's no equity. There's no time spent. There's no fellowship. There's no perceiving who he is. There's no knowing Jesus really wants you to know him. And we can trace the response of Joshua and consequently the response of the Lord to the response of Joshua, not just on that day when he declared, sun stand still so that the enemies can be defeated, but it's actually back in Exodus 33.11. And it says this, The Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend. Then Moses would return to the camp. 
but his young aide Joshua, son of Nun, did not leave the He stayed in the presence of the Lord. He watched it being built. He heard the instructions. He knew the purpose. Exodus 25, 8, make me an ark so that I may dwell with my people. He saw the heart of the Father. He saw the heart of the Lord. The instructions were for a purpose, not just for a show, not just to make it hard, not just hoops, not just red tape, but for a, 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 an opportunity, an invitation to meet with me. And Joshua watched it and he saw it and he was hungry. It's like him and Caleb, they saw the promised land differently to the other 10 spies to the point that the 10 wanted to stone Joshua and Caleb. The Bible says that my servant Caleb has a different spirit because he follows me wholeheartedly. The response that Joshua made on that day and consequently the response that God had towards Joshua was not just on that day, it was a lifestyle of watching and hunger and humility and desperation and wanted to just be with God and be in the presence of God. And when our life is about Him and we become obsessed with Jesus and we don't filter our the kingdom through our life and not what it should look like and it fits in a nice box and if I've got time and if it works out and if I can and yeah, 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 yeah. But no, no, what if we said yes before he spoke and allow him to build me and work in me and the kingdom of God would be the filter which my life would be poured through. Romans 12.2 And do not be conformed to the pattern of this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you would prove the will of God. Let's stand to our feet. Yes, we quote that all the time. Let's look at verse 1. And this is my point today. Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, this is a New Testament Scripture, present your bodies as a living holy sacrifice acceptable to God which is your spiritual service of worship Paul is saying present your bodies as a living sacrifice this is what Joshua did fire always falls on sacrifice Fire always falls on sacrifice. Would we become the sacrifice? Let's not mistaken, the Old Testament, they presented sacrifices on the altar for the atonement of sin. Jesus became the sacrifice. Once and for all sacrifice, one time for all sacrifice for the atonement of sin. But now us, where do we fit in this picture? We receive Jesus, the sacrifice. We receive what He did. We're forgiven, redeemed, made whole. And now we get to live out and become the sacrifice that the Lord can move through so that people can experience Jesus and enter the promised land.